Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 117 for January 31st, 2018. Are we doing the shtick where I say who we are and what we do? I thought we were supposed to do that every week. Right? Right? Okay. Uh, I am white-collar Phil. Bill is the blue-collar. And Tim, I don't know, I guess he's a crew neck because he no, doesn't have uh, a collar. Someone someone said something. What was it? I forgot no something. collar? No, there was. that was what I was saying. But there's Oh, plaid collar. Plaid collar, the plaid collar. I, thought that was I was collar. thinking more ring around the collar. but I definitely have that issue, yeah. That's gross. But yep. Anyways. All to say, you know, get to know the podcast, but what it is is, uh, you know, we're making stuff, we love what we do, but we all come at it from different perspectives, and uh, that's just sort of the, you know, the, the setup for each one of our podcasts, that we all come at this from a different perspective, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, because it's, it's different. It's not three guys going, yup, 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 you know? Yup. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Nice. Well done. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, Marcin Shichapinski, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, and Jim Bashirs. Gentlemen, this is an extended amount of time since we last spoke because of my travel schedule, but uh, I would love to know what you guys are working on. Ready, steady, go, Bill. Uh, well, before we do that, let's try and do a full list. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, maybe next week or following week or something. Yeah, definitely oh, yeah, next week. Do that. Yeah. Totally, definitely yeah. next week. Yeah. Uh, I am still working on um, – I, I, I've been super busy at work, so I'm still working on this table saw sled project. Um, and two things have come of that. One is the video's not done because <laughs> I'm not done with the project, but proof of concept worked, and it, but it, but I have to make another one. So, long story short, where the where the fences, the front and rear fence, I'm going to make them foldable to where they can collapse down to save space. Uh, that works. It's it's going to be cool. But I didn't realize the amount of sled space that it would take up when you fold them down, or when right. you, you know what I mean. So, mm. I'm going to turn that base into a miter sled so this is going to be like a twofer i'm going to have mm-hmm. a miter sled in this video and because i realized my mistake by doing that i've got another ikea tabletop that i found that i will turn into the actual folding uh fence sled that's bigger because hmm. the the original one i made is exactly the same size as my the top of my table saw which i figured oh that's plenty of room but when you fold those fences down uh, in order to have anyway, it's too small. So that's going to become a miter, miter uh, sled, mm-hmm. and, and kind of a, a low profile miter sled, which is kind of neat. I will be able to make uh, scarf joints, uh, picture frames, whatever I want to use that for. And then the other one will actually collapse. It'll be a full size like table saw sled, and uh, I'm excited about that. So anyway, twofer uh, proof of concept. Made a mistake. Didn't you know? Sometimes you can build something in your head all you want. And it doesn't always uh, come come through when you actually build it. But I'm going to salvage something out of it, so it's great. So you're going to use your mulligan? 
I am going to use my mulligan. Oh, that's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it. So hopefully I can get that done. I, I don't know. I'm so busy. I, I would love to say this weekend I can I can put a video out. But if not, yeah, you know. Well, we'll yeah. still love you anyway, so don't worry about oh, it. That makes it all worth it. What about you, Phil? Uh, well, I've been on the road since Saturday, so bupkis. But uh, I did, I did sell that chessboard that I promised I wouldn't because <laughs> someone offered Still me funny. a lot of money. Actually, somebody local on Instagram, but like whatever, just sort of reached out. And uh, did you know this that you kind of, if someone isn't your friend or whatever it is, like if you're not following them on Instagram and they send you a message, you don't get an alert for it. You yeah, got to go in and check and then allow it. Anyway, so as it turns out, and I'm saying this as sort of like a, a warning to other people, um, this this girl who – she's a woman, whatever, but you know what I mean. Anyways, so she had texted me back in July to ask if I could make one of those like uh, cottage signs, you know, like okay. with the family name and the address and all that stuff. And I didn't see it. And I just so happened to see it this time where she offered to buy this chess set for me. So I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. Throw out a number. Let's see if we're still in the ballpark. So she said two hundred. So I said two fifty. So she goes okay, and then I have to do a little engraving underneath, but that's not a big deal. So uh, so all to say, guys, if you are if you are making money doing this, like if this is your if this is your gig, then make sure you check all of your inboxes, no matter what they are. Yeah, like if Can you I- have two Facebook accounts, you you have to remember to check the messenger, you know, as well as the. And then if you have like YouTube has the weird message system, I level. never find those. I never find them. Yeah. The YouTube ones I don't, but you go so, under creator and then community. Yeah, that's great. Um, so can we foreshadow again and say that uh, Phil, now you have an opportunity to actually build another chess set and make a video since you didn't make a video last time and make that's it better. True. But Tim, isn't it like? Wouldn't it be super derivative of what you did? Well, apparently <laughs> the dog the dog, the dog agrees. No, I See, don't. There you, go. I don't, you know it, that's interesting because when we get to what I made. What I've been working on is actually something that someone else had made, and it's okay. something that apparently a whole bunch of people have made. Um, right. So I mean, you know what? It's we're all cutting wood in the shop. We're all making things. That, I didn't. Ma- I didn't make the first chessboard. I'm sure not going to make the last chessboard. Right. I, I would say also that that's assuming that we're thinking that everybody who watches our videos watches the other Your two videos. videos my you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of people that that don't really care for Tim Sway that like Phil Pinsky, so you'll be fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many thousands of people there are. Like, <laughs> it's a pretty small group of several thousand people. It's a, it's a you know, small nation. Small, yeah, island nation. Nice climate. Yeah. Bill's got animals going, <laughs> car alarms. I'm fire on that's fire why the drills. dogs are going off because somebody's breaking into somebody's car across the street, it looks like. Bill got locked out of his shop this week, so he's recording from the other side of the, the security fence, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Okay, so Tim, what are you working on then? Uh, well, I was working on something that someone else has already made, and I made a video about it anyways. <laughs> okay, well, then I feel better. Um, All right, well, moving on. You know, it, well, it's, we'll tell it's, us about it. I, I had the same thought. I was like, because uh, Laura Kampf about a year ago had made uh, this little mini workbench that she put on top of a regular workbench. So like a mini Rubo bench for woodworking, you know, with the vice on it. And I had this bowling alley in my shop. I thought it would be perfect to do that with. And I just needed the vice. And so I, I went, I, I finally got a, a vice from my buddy Veep. Thanks, Veep. And, um, and I was like, I'm going to do it. Should I film it? It's already been filmed, you know. But uh, I did anyways. 
and uh, and we'll see what happens. I just posted it tonight. So. I feel like like the sort of the take that you have on stuff is even if someone else did it, you're doing it reclaimed and you're doing it your style. Well, which so is there's exactly the, why it's okay if you make the chess set. Yeah. All right. Fine. I mean, I kind of like, I kind of did the same thing with agree. the the. <laughs> Benchtop welding table. I mean, it's the same concept. I built a little welding table that sits on right. top of my workbench. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, Tim it's did all... some different stuff though. I liked how you used like most. You didn't do like three quarter inch dog holes. Instead, you did must have been I don't know three eighths inch, and right, then you five, drop a bolt inch. in. Yeah. yeah. So I, figured, well, I was going to make a do a professional bench dog thing and cut a piece of stock and make it flat on one side. And then I was like, why should I? I have all these hex bolts floating around the shop? Yeah. They have flat sides, and they'll fit right in a hole. Like, what's right. the point in doing all this extra work, you know? I'd never seen that done before. I thought that was really cool. Maybe I made it up. I can't imagine. You did not. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, someone must have done that. That's It's just so such a no-brainer. Is how but I you know what? It. A rerun that you've never seen is new to you. Yes. Yeah. That is true. Words of wisdom. And uh, the other thing that I am not working on, but I, we have to do an update on our T-shirts. The T-shirts are available if you go to the reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Oh, yeah. Come on, website. folks. Let's, let's get can, it going on. They, they have been selling, like, um, uh, some type of breakfast food, maybe. Like lukewarm cakes. Yeah, something like that. They've been selling, like, lukewarm They're heating cakes. Up. <laughs> well, like oatmeal. Oatmeal's kind of warm. It's a breakfast food. It's not piping hot, but... They've been selling, like, omelets and, um... <laughs> Malto meal. <clears throat> oh, no, that doesn't sell, does it? <laughs> but, Finish uh, your thought, Tim. So, uh, if, go, if you go to our reclaimedaudiopodcast.com website, you can purchase a t-shirt, and there's the whole thing where we're stenciling But what I, what I had to get to is that because you can support your favorite maker by choosing their stencil that I will be hand-stenciling. I'm going to start the first batch this week. And uh, you can choose... Hashtag utilize bearded dragon to support your favorite Bill Lutz or agree to disagree to support Phil or steams my broccoli to show your support for me. Or you can choose, you know, just a plain T-shirt if you don't want to choose sides or whatever because we have this friendly sort of uh, thing going on. We'll see who sells the most shirts. And I got to tell you that, Phil, between you, me, and the plain shirts, we almost have as many shirts sold as Bill. Yeah, which tells me we chose the wrong catchphrases. (laughs) (laughs) Because it can't be that they love Bill. It's got to be the worst. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been fun, Bill. You're 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 killing us. I think that oh. I expected you to win, but I didn't expect you to lap us. So, yeah. But, but it's still early. There's still shirts available. So, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Click on the shirt. It'll take you to my Etsy page where they're listed. I'd be I'd be happy for. We're all winners here, boys. We're all winners. <laughs> Isn't that just another yes. way of saying that? Mostly we're because all we're losers? keeping your cut. <laughs> so yes that is mostly a good way of doing that but hey perfect timing 10 minutes in all right so are we ready for our topic our topic is we were talking about it last week or, or from a while back it was just basically a we'll do a big old palette roundup and uh because we were talking about we we said sort of jokingly we could probably do a whole episode on just palettes and just cut just how do you break apart palettes and we're going to do that as well as some other stuff. And I wanted to get the ball rolling first, though, with the standard disclaimer that we always have to make when we talk about pallets is safety. Safety. And it is do n- never, ever, ever, ever use the pallets that are that's stamped with MB or MBT or anything like that. You only want to use ones that are stamped with HT, which stands for heat-treated. Um, anything or that have, like, no marking at all. They're sort of raw. Yes, Phil? I was going to say, if there's no marking, yeah. don't use. The rule is it's only HT. That's it. If you don't right. see a mark, if you see any other mark or no mark, don't use it. And 
if it's got sketchy looking weird stuff on it, stains. Yeah. yeah, you just don't, don't do that. Wanna, and, and, yeah. if, and suppose like you don't like you go through, you skipped all of that stuff, and you start cutting into it, and it just doesn't smell like anything you've ever smelled before. Stop, just just stop. There's um, so many palettes out there. Find a better there, one. Yeah, but there are there are palettes that will not say anything because like I get palettes from the fence company that's next door to me, and they're all just made out of two by fours. So there's no, they're not stamped, tea treated or yeah, anything. That's what if I was gonna know. say. Sometimes yeah. like one off palettes are, are made on the spot for yeah. something, and and. Those just be scrap okay. wood and stuff. So yeah. if you, you know, if you, if you question it, what is it saying? When in doubt, throw it out. Yep. You know, but other than well, that, so when in doubt, properly dispose of it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just put it in my barn with all the other stuff I have that I'm never going to do anything with. That's questionable. Yeah. <laughs> questionable piles in my barn. Um, so I wanted to get the ball rolling with that, but I know that Bill, you've done the most homework on this as far as sitting down thinking about stuff. So. You yeah, well, I thought I thought the first thing we can do, let's all be on the same page uh, with us and the audience, and let's discuss what we call parts of a palette. Because, hmm. you know, everybody's got different names for it. Uh, I think there's, I know of three that most people use. Um, the slats, obviously. Uh, a platform is when you get a palette that's actually got a piece of plywood on top as opposed to slats or, you know, everything's bunched together. And then the runners. The runners would be... Usually the two by four looking things. Some of them have forklift slots cut in them or not. So mm-hmm. those are the the three main parts of a pallet. Um, if we can all agree on that, we know what we're talking about. Oh, I agree with you. So say we all. So say, say we, we all. all. Right. And then so we're we're talking about dismantling a pallet, and uh, what I was thinking of is one of the easiest things to do because a lot of people think, well, how do I take the pallet apart so I save everything? Well, do you want to? What are you actually trying to get out of this pallet? Because there's some, it takes a lot of time and effort to try and save the entire pallet. When you're, if you, you know, you got to pry it apart. You don't want to crack the wood. You're trying, you got to pound the nails out. Blah 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 blah. So, what are you trying to get at? Are you, are you making something that you want a pallet aesthetic? You know, that kind of a pallet wood, like pallet wood walls, right? I wouldn't worry about runners too much if I'm really just after the slats. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are you making something that or you're making stock out of it. You're actually, you found a pallet that's got some hardwood in it. You want the runners more than anything. Well, then that's because you're going to cut it up and you're going to mill it and make, you know. So I, I thought about that. What are some other things that you would, you know, why would you take a pallet apart? That's a great, great question because generally you do need to choose between the two, the slats and the runners. It's like you said, when I first started, I did take, I'm going to say a good 45 minutes to take a pallet apart. And I got every scrap of wood out of it. But then I very quickly learned that, like, I didn't really care about the runners. So then I, I moved over to the uh, the Sawzall method. Yep. And you get through a pallet in, like, five minutes. Right. Mm. Yeah, if you don't need the length and you don't need the runners, I, I found the I, – I like the oh, skill the saw. Yeah. Yeah, cirque, yeah, cirque saw instead of the, you know, something like that. So just to just rip those off. And since I heat my shop on wood, I have, like, no problem with that. You know what I mean? I just I, I take that runner with all the nails and all those little pieces of the, the pallet slats that are there. I cut it in thirds and throw it right into the fireplace. You know. So there, there's two of three main ways. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit. So when, Phil, you said the sawzall or reciprocating saw, what you're talking about is you're actually you're not worried about the runners at all. You're basically going to run that reciprocating saw in between the runner and the slat. You're mm-hmm. going to cut. It's a metal blade. You're going to cut the nails oh. off. Yeah. You're going to do that for... Uh, the the two end runners and the middle, 
Now you're left with a slat that has little stubby nails in it. You turn them over, you can pop those nail heads out. With a punch, you, yeah. Yeah, and you've got, so you've got slats that are in perfect shape, but now you're left with runners that have broken off nails in them. Now here's the thing is a lot of people think, well, I'll just cut those up, avoid the nails, and, and throw them away or burn them, but sometimes you can actually use that for the aesthetic of having those little shiny pinpoints of metal in that wood. You can use that in a design that you're using uh, or building something with. Just be careful. Obviously, I know from experience, if you if you hit a table saw blade on a, on a nail in some scrap pallet, it will end up in your cheek. Yeah. So, uh, I am... I, two things I wanted to say. One, <clears throat> excuse me, the blade that I use is a Lennox, and it's and it's wood with embedded nails in it. It's actually a specific blade, almost for taking pallets apart, and that's because sometimes you dig into the wood a little bit, and if you use entirely like a bimetal, metal cutting blade only, it, I don't know, it burns or whatever. So that's the best one i found to use. That's yeah. actually a construction grade Basically, yeah, they're they're assuming you're in a house somewhere and you're cutting through two by fours and metal beams and conduit and you're just demolition blade is basically what they're yeah. Like. yeah, they make them for circular saws as well as right. Uh, I don't know if they make them for jigsaws. I've never seen one for that, but they do make them for the, the recip saws and the circ saws. Yeah, so yeah. I like that. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is the two by four runners, I'll end up using them to put them on the floor if I'm cutting up sheet goods with a circular saw or track saw. And it's like two by sacrificial two by fours that I don't care about. Right. And those are the ones I end up using for that. Right. And, and again, just be wary of where those uh, nails are. Yeah. But yeah. a carbide, whatever, circ saw blade is going to go through them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the other way. You, just, you just don't want that nail flying out, is all. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But like you're, the depth you're going into, right? Because you're just going a little bit past right, your material right. anyway. It's like nothing. Yeah. You're just dulling your blade a little. You know, so, I always like the the the, um, the runners that have the forklift cutouts. They always reminded me of uh, the bases of bureaus and furniture. You know, like I, just I utilize those no. bearded <laughs> dragon. Yep. I utilize those in Casey's salon a lot. Actually, a lot of the furniture in her salon has. Oh those. yeah, that's yeah. clever. I've done that too. Like yeah. the, the TV uh, center in my house is like that, and and, uh, and then you're talking about like with leaving the nails in. It doesn't matter if the nails are there because you're just like. You're, you're using together. the entire runner, so yeah, and, just, and it's either going to be covered up or you can highlight those those nails. Yeah. Right. Flip it sideways, you'll really That's see like, it. You know? uh, so, like shabby cabrio legs. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a way. Yeah. In a way, yeah. I And you can use those runners for shelves, too. It makes it real quick. If you cut, um, and again, I, I, her oh, salon yeah. has that. If you, if you cut the little forklift part out to where you end up with a... Basically, a stem and then part of it sticking out. You put a slat across the front of that, a slat on the bottom, put that on the wall, and you've got like a little spice shelf. Or in Casey's salon, I made a bunch of shelves for their their shampoo bottles in that manner. It's kind of it's kind of hard to describe, but uh, I, I think I get your drift. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like that we're talking about the runners because they are the part probably the least salvage. You know what I mean? I think most of us are cutting the slats off because when someone orders or wants something made out of right. what you're, that's what they picture. They picture those slats with the nail holes in the middle. And, and uh, you know, so the, the runners are, yeah, they're really good, solid, hard wood. They're difficult to get the nails out of a lot of times, as, you know, we're discussing. But well, that brings up, it. yeah, that brings up the circular saw method, which is actually a pretty good way to get at the runners. You're going to, you're shortening the length of the slat that you can use um, but it just leaves a little bit of wood left over on the runner. If you turn your hammer over and use the claw, break that wood out. Now you've got those nails sticking up without wood in the way, and the heads are up so you can actually grab them a little bit easier. 
Well, how mm-hmm. now? How what? How will we pull those out? Let's think of a couple different ways if you get those really tough nails out that are stuck in those hardwood runners. Well, I, I showed one one method I use a lot is you put the claw on and then you rock that hammer back and forth as opposed to or side to side as opposed to trying to pry the nail out. That that gets that nail moving because most pallet nails are barbed. They're either twisted with the glue, the heat of the impact when it drives in, actually, you know, that twist glue Cures melts it, the yeah. glue and it sticks in that way, or it's got these little copper barbs on it. So they're they can be a pain in the butt, especially they if you are. have a hardwood runner to get those nails back out. Mm-hmm. Vice Another grips. way is uh, vice grips. And then you just use your crowbar with, like, you clamp the vice grips to the nail head, and then you've got a bigger surface to sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm gesticulating for these two gentlemen, but you don't know what I'm doing here. You got the crowbar under the vice grips head, and then, and then you got a lot to pull out there, which makes it a little bit easier. You got more the, leverage. I use the bull, the bull nose uh, nips a lot. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, and I have a dull pair that I that kind yeah, of keep them dull for just the reason. I that. grab it down low and I can pull and then let go. It actually gives you some grip and to grab, gives you like, a, to bite the nail a bit. Yeah, yeah, just to pull it a quarter inch at a time, quarter inch at a time. And then uh, you know the the trick that I learned from Izzy Swan um, is the, the heat them first. Yep, uh, heat them with a torch, which I don't do too often because I just feel like I'm wasting so much gas and it takes so yeah. long. But it does help <laughs> if you really need to save that piece; it's really special to you. Bringing up, those up, bringing up Izzy. Um, one of the things is, is he actually likes the runners more than the slats. Is he's one of those guys that uses the runners? He mills that up and he uses that wood for furniture builds and other projects. Uh, so, because you'll hear him on a couple of his things. Well, you know, I don't care about the the slats, but I want those runners. I don't want to leave nails in them. I mill that wood up because he's hmm. looking for the the hardwood, and you know, it's probably the more 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 pricey part of the palette if you can find good runners. The other way to loosen up those nails is to actually give them a couple of whacks with the hammer because it'll loosen them up and then you can pull them out. Tap them back in a little, yeah, drive them yeah. in a little bit further to, to break that barb yep. friction. Yeah, that bond or whatever it yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. No, I had I had some weird pallets because, I mean, not all pallets are, are created equal. And, um, you know, there's the standard pallet I think we all kind of have an image of. But I just had these pallets I was used for this build I did a few weeks ago. They were very thin. Uh, the wood was like less than a half inch thick for the for the, the slats, and then the the runners were just like like two by threes, like one and a half by three probably. And uh, I, I didn't need the ends, the runners. I just needed the slats. So I was able to just run the, the circular saw down, you know, both sides, and I just had to dismantle and denail them in the middle. But the the boards were so thin that they were breaking them, and it was really it's just it was all just aesthetic. It didn't have to have any structure, but I didn't want them to be broken. I needed to save them all, so I had a. a like a pry bar, you know, and I, I sharpened it on my grinding stone, and I actually cut all the nails because they were like a lighter gauge nail too. It wasn't this; it wasn't a very heavy duty pallet. Mm-hmm. But I was able to with a hammer and basically like a hammer and chisel almost. Um, just I literally just cut the nails with it because it was it was faster than using the recip saw, right? Because yeah. it was on the middle runner, so like the wood was in the way. You know, what yeah, I mean? it's kind of a pain in the neck, and that works really well. And then I just had the little heads to pop out. Hmm. Um, so a, that was a new one I developed. Or That's a new one. Um, one that I got was a hot tip was from a, a YouTuber a couple of years ago was if you get one of these like half inch diamond hole saws, it's normally used for oh. making like holes for, um, for faucet installs in granite and marble countertops. So it's a hole saw, but it doesn't have a pilot. So you basically just surround the nail, drill in. And then the, and then everything just pops right out, and then you just gotta just fill it with a dowel that you then, you know, mm. 
flush just, cut. Just so we know, most hole saws, you can take the pilot out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need a special diamond hole. You just need no. a small yeah. one. Uh, no, but I agree with you. But the diamond, because it's like a finer abrasive instead of teeth, doesn't skip around as much. Oh, it doesn't. It probably doesn't split the wood as much too, because those hole saws like to tear. Yeah, it grabs more. This is this takes a little bit more effort to make a hole in wood. Or yeah. it's been my oh, experience nice. anyway. That's that's kind of a cool way to do it. Yeah, and then yeah, have, have yeah. you ever used the pneumatic nail denailers? I didn't I know there one existed. Yes, I, I, I've they, seen it. They use them. I don't know if they would work on a pallet or not because of, to get through the runner. But I've, it's a lot of times for uh, like flooring. Uh, you know, you, you can push the, you pry the flooring up, and then you can just punch the nails through um, with this pneumatic tool. Yeah, it looks like a very tiny pile driver. If you could think of that. Wow. Mm. Yeah, air, air powered and stuff. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been interested in checking one of those out, but I just haven't. They have professional like industrial machines for taking pallets apart. It's kind of like a horizontal bandsaw, and you just put the pallet in, and then you pull it towards you, and it cuts all the nails off, and then the slats just yeah. fall off. Yeah. Have you seen that video? No. I haven't seen that video, but I, I would remind everybody, because a lot of our listeners are probably going, guys, we know this. But there's the questions came up, I think, from uh, more than a few people that were new to taking pallets apart, so that's why we're kind of going over the rudimentary stuff yeah. right now. Oh, if anyone is sitting over there all snooty like they knew all of this stuff, <laughs> you send an info to me, Bill at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and you rip me a new one. <laughs> all right, so we covered uh, we covered reciprocating and and, uh, and we, circular we, saw. The one we still haven't mentioned and we mentioned Izzy. Uh, I mean, he has the the that Izzy was my pro, next one. Right, and you know, there's the, prying them apart. Right, yeah, prying them apart with a large. Basically, crowbar. I have a deck wrecker. It's called. It's mm-hmm. uh, the same sort of idea. It's just a long handled pry bar, so you can stand on the pallet and you don't have to bend over or anything. You have it on the ground. You just pull these things. And some pallets, those work really well. You save the whole thing. The nails come right out. Everything works great. Other pallets, it just tears them to shreds. <laughs> yeah, I, I have Izzy's uh, Izzy Bar Pro. Somebody bought it for me, and it just the the way that's angled, it works pretty darn well. I, yeah. I got to say, but some kind of a pry bar, some way to pry those slats off the top. You're 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 praying that the nails pop up with the slat if it were, everything works out you know like in a perfect universe so that would be the third way and uh, Phil I was gonna say that if you break the slats glue them back together it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah if, if they split on the ends absolutely that but everywhere I've yeah. had them split down the middle into two and three pieces and yeah, I just glue them back together glue them back together right yeah, yeah. If you need it yeah, yeah. I got that one from Jimmy and I was like oh yeah, yeah. you could just glue them back together that's just true. Like any other piece of wood that breaks, right? <laughs> well, yeah, even even laminating pieces together to make wider boards, it's the same exact theory. Hundred percent. There's one actual one other method, and it's kind of unique. And I've only seen and there's a YouTube video to watch, and it's our buddy Paul Mayette. And I mentioned this before, but he has uh, one of his early videos is a way to take apart pallets. Now, what he does is he puts a uh, a block underneath the pallet itself, oh, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then pounds down from the top. And basically, that block pushes the slat up, and it's yep. surrounded a block on either side of where the runner is. Anyway, watch that. That's another way to do it, and that's a, it's a different way of prying them apart. Yeah, because um, it doesn't localize the impact; it makes it like correct. It broadens yeah. out, it, right. you know. So it takes a little longer, but it's a, if you really want to save those slats and try and pop the nails out, uh, it's a, it's a pretty darn good method. I had I, I made a video. One of my first videos was basically taking a pallet apart. And 
you see me go through the effort of, you know, just saving as much of it as I possibly can, the whole slat. And then, I don't know for whatever reason, but I cut off the the end in the video. You could see me just use a miter saw to just cut off where the nail holes were. And I got some commentary like, well, if you were going to do that, why didn't you just cut it off to begin with? And the truth is I didn't know what I was going to be doing with this right. thing at the time. So, you know, I wanted to get as much length as I possibly could, and then I cut it down later on. So... I would always recommend if you have the time or the inclination to try to get as much of it as possible because you don't know the length of the project you're going to be doing. Yeah, and that's that's why I said what do you what are you trying to get from the palette will help you really decide how to take it apart. A buddy of ours, uh, I can't remember exactly who, was doing a palette wall, and he was really trying to to save that whole length. We're like, dude, you're going to need a lot of boards, so I would sacrifice an inch or two on the end. Use this, you know the circular saw method. Get as many as you can because you're going to want to stagger them anyway. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing an entire wall, so you're going to want. He's being paid for it. You want to, you know, you want to get that time as not being a big of a factor because that starts eating into your profits if you're going to try and say, unless the person's willing to pay for it. Right. But having that aesthetic of the the, the nail holes on the end of the board though is sometimes very uh, desirable. Yes. True. Yeah. Well, you know, the ones that the ones that come apart easy, they come apart easy. If they don't, then yeah. they don't. You know, you, you know within one board whether you're going to be busting the Cirque saw out or Yeah. Or try That's true. I've had them crumble on me. Yeah. You, you do that one and it splits in seven places. I don't care how much glue you have. I'm not gluing a pallet running back in seven you're right. places, you know. I give it I give it one clamp. If one clamp won't do it, yeah. You're going on the trash heap. Spirewood. Yeah. Um can I talk about the nails? Because I love them. <laughs> you may. Still, I'm still saving my nails. I save every nail I pull out of the palette. <laughs> and I did make a project with them once, and I have some ideas to make another project. Um, but I, I'm not saying that you have to save the nails for that or you're going to bang them out and use them again. But uh, they are scrap metal, and, and they don't take up that much space to save. Um, I have these big magnets around the shop, and what I do is I leave it on the bench next to me while I'm working, and, I, and while I'm pulling the nails out, I, let, I stick them with the magnet, I get them right out of my hammer, and I just collect them all so they're not flying around the shop. If, if one of them goes away, one of them goes away, but I try to save them all because, you know, if you if you save those things, you can scrap them, you can recycle them instead of just throwing, you know, sweeping them up and, and dumping them in the garbage can. It's all good iron and metal, you know, so... Have you, ever, have you ever scrapped them to a scrapper? No, I, I haven't because I have I have one, like I guess it's a it's one of those big pretzel jars full of, uh, of nails. It probably weighs twenty five pounds. Yeah, I'm guessing. And what so do you figure be, you get for that? Uh, a dollar? I don't know. What is it? It's like mm-hmm. not even. It's like it's like six cents a pound or something for, for steel right now. So. I, yeah. I know you've probably got some ideas, Tim. But can I can I give you another one? Maybe this is your idea, or maybe not. So, um, something you haven't done yet that just came to me, why couldn't you smelt or melt, do some, uh, you know what I mean? Mm. The that nails. That would be interesting because there's all the so copper you, and stuff in there too. It would be some weird alloy. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, that would be a way to make a little, that would give you a video that you can make uh, uh, the forge and then you can, you know what I mean? So. Because everybody makes the fours, they melt cans, they make their little ingots and for aluminum or or whatever. Why not do something out of those pallet that nails? That's a that's a reclaimed make a reclaimed forge and then make a reclaimed nugget of something out of the metal from the nails. How hot do you have to get? Hot you know? man, steel is hot. It's, it's different. Like Two thousand degrees. Like if like a forge is for like getting it glowing, so you can like bang it with 
the hammer. Well, I, I don't know if I use the right terms. Well, I, I don't know either. A smelting know pot of some sort. Yeah, yeah. smelting <laughs> means melting them so that you right. could cast them. That would be... Well, I mean, I wonder if you just heated them, if you could get them to that glowing point and just... Let Fuse them, them together. That's, that's yeah, kind of like could, forge welding. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. You yeah. could do that. I, I could individually bang them each into each other. And you, could make, you could make some Damascus steel out of nail, which I've seen before, but like this, out forge welding Damascus steel. That would be cool. You've seen Damascus with, steel with made out of nails. nails? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. People yeah. use um, um, finished nails and... Uh, yeah, they're hard. Yeah, the finished nails, and then they were also using those little pellets, um, carbon pellets, I believe. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, I don't, yeah, I don't Rory May, I, we expect yeah. to hear some answers to these things from you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to get the, you know, the priority mailbox. It's like up to 75 pounds. I'm going to get the largest one. I'm going to fill it all up with my nails, and I'm going to mail them to Rory May, the Dirty Smith. <laughs> Here you go. Merry Christmas. True to his name, that would be a filthy job. Yeah. Let's see what he can do with them. It would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. So if if we had to uh, again, we're we're thinking about the noobs in mind here, communicating with them. List off some tools you want to have to be able to tear pallets apart. Bare hands. <clears throat> I actually to... have a video of doing that, but yeah, you do. <laughs> and in that same video, he tears a phone book in half. No, that's not true. But the first part is. Just sometimes you could just okay. Anyways, um, well, you I guess a good crowbar. Circular saw, a jigsaw will work in a pinch. It's slower, but you could do that. Uh, reciprocating saw. What's the first tool that you should buy when, when working with pallets that's like... Hammer. I mean, Hammer. What's that? Yeah. Hammer. Hammer. I was going to say a planer, because maybe you don't necessarily want the reclaimed look, and that's, that's what I you was know, doing. A planer is pretty useless if you don't have a hammer. Yeah, I mean, you got to get that pallet <laughs> apart before you can plane the wood down. Uh, we're talking, we're already at step two here, gentlemen. Uh, no, that's uh, like step uh, seven. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. You take it apart, you plane it. Done. So, yeah, a power planer would be a, definitely a great way to go. Uh, hole punch, uh, locking pliers, vice grips, um, the snub nose. Yeah. That's what's so great about them is that they're, they're, it's very accessible <clears throat> to get started with. Obviously, you can you know get your hoity-toity planer like Phil over here, Mister White Collar. Hoity-toity, it was a hundred dollars on Craigslist, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was know, I honestly it was, down the street, so we didn't have that fancy stuff. Yeah, we had to rub our wood against rocks. Yeah, and we liked to, it uphill. Yeah, <laughs> both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Two inches of snow. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm, I I'm not going to say once. anything about the, the rock rubbing uh, part you, you, of this. You but... said to me, I was on vacation, <clears> and I sent in a picture. I was like whittling with this dull knife, and you were just like, grab a rock. So so we're talking about tearing these pallets apart. We're, uh, you Obviously, you're, you can mill up the wood. You're going to make something out of it. You can make pallet-looking furniture. What's some ideas that you guys have? Why not? use the pallet either whole or I built a bench where I just basically cut the pallet in half and then filled in the negative spaces of the slats with the slats from the other half I cut off to make a bench. So what are some simple, maybe, maybe you're not using the pallet tearing it apart. You're actually making something, a pallet, something. What are some ideas? Well, Vance just made a sled out of one. That was pretty there, there you go. <laughs> Uh, if you if you look at the palette, if you if you think bigger than your workbench, you can look at the palette like a pixel, and uh, and if you 
have thousands and thousands of pixels, you can do just about anything depending on how big you know the scale is. Obviously, this, the palette's 40 by 48 is a pixel. It's a pretty large scale, but I've seen all sorts of uh, dwellings and structures like chicken coops and sheds and stuff built out of completely assembled palettes where they just assemble the palettes together as pixels as as like, building blocks. Yeah, building blocks, and then they uh, you know they they fix them and they. Um, they chink them or something to fill in the slats sometimes or they'll sheet rock over them or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? Why not just build your entire workshop out of pallets? Well, you could. You could make benches. You could use it for walls. You could uh, separate. I've seen people uh, do their yard, fence their yard off, their backyard, using pallets. You know, just, that, I mean. That would never fly in your neighborhood association, Phil, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't have a neighborhood association, but the the sad state of affairs that is my current fence, uh, a pallet slats would be an upgrade. <laughs> um, I I I like where you're where you're going with this question, but if I'm going to be truthful with you, I right from the beginning I was not interested in that like pallet Pinterest you know trend of building. So like one of my first purchases was a planer because I just. Uh, palette was a source of wood for me. It wasn't a design aesthetic. So right away I started planning them and making stuff out of them, boxes and, you know, whatever else. I, was, I think I made like a horrible table or something. I don't remember. But it was just an easy way to get cheap wood, to get started right away. And uh, and it was just sort of, I don't know, it was like a bug that bit me. So it was fun. Yeah. I, I like some of the furniture that's that's basically a pallet. Uh, I like some of the coffee tables where, uh, again, you fill in the negative slats, and then you can use the the forklift slots or the you know where the forks would go in, mm-hmm. uh, put drawers in those. So you know you pull out drawers. I've seen people do that, making uh, little wagons out of them. Actually, you just add some wheels to the bottom of it. Now you've got a, a cart, a dolly, sure. to, to move around. Yeah. Um, I made yeah, a coffee so table, but it wasn't that aesthetic at all. It was all <clears throat> mitered. Every single edge, so the tabletop figure, the underneath side of it, is mitered the entire way around, and then nice. every aspect. So it it kind of looks like a seamless table, if you know what I mean. If you think yep. of a cube, you can't see where everything's joined up. Right, right. Anyways, that thing got cracked to hell because I glued everything down, so there was m- wood movement, and that was my first lesson in, in wood movement. But uh, I stained it gray. You know, it just was more like a very sophisticated look. I think I saw it at West Elm or something, and I was like, oh, I could make that. And that was my first real piece of furniture that I made. But it was a great opportunity to learn how and why wood moves. So that's that's something to bring up because um, you're almost guaranteed to have minimal wood movement if you have an older palette. Because most palettes yeah, have seen a lot dry. of years. <clears throat> you find a newer palette, and that's it's green, so that's where your wood movement is going to come in. Yeah, well, or you, I glued end grain, so like you couldn't go anywhere. So like at one point, I think I may have heard an audible crack, and then I went downstairs to look at my coffee table, and I was like, ah, that chasm wasn't there before. Yeah, give it to that. I give that table to my brother. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, and he's like, how come there's a crack here? I was like, ugh, duh. Obviously, it's part of the design. Yeah. You're so Smart. gauche. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I guess I, I started there like making like the pallet furniture that looked like pallets and right. you know and I was kind of into that. I liked that story, and then I saw like how much of that was happening, and I was like, mm. okay, well, what are we gonna do different? Like, how do I, you know? Then it wasn't exciting and new anymore. When I saw thousands of guys were, were out there doing it, so I, was, I started trying to you know find other things to do with pallets and uh, and 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 to like and nowadays just with reclaimed in general, I'm sort of into the aesthetic and the idea of making it not look reclaimed. 
you know, like to to have it. The you know, that's where your planner comes in, Phil. Yeah, yeah. So the planner comes in, and, and that's that's been what I've been sort of into lately is that idea, like how how beautiful can I make this? How you know, I mean, maybe the nail hole is still there, but it's like it's just a you don't even notice anymore because sure. it's just like wow, well, this thing is you know trying to do better finishes and sanding more. To that exact point, I'm currently at a furniture show. And I can tell you, like, the reclaimed, like, distressed look is really, like, we are on the tail end of that comet. And I I have to be honest with you guys, I am super happy about that. Because, like, enough, okay? We don't need to paint three layers and shave it down. And Let's make really, really nice stuff. And we can do it out of reclaimed wood. It just doesn't have to be, like, that rustic look. Like, we we can do better. And I'm super excited to tackle that chapter of making I wouldn't say do better. I just like you said, it's it's you're, you're at the tip. Yeah, it's just it's time for something different now. If if you're looking at you know filling a market with something, you're saying that that the market's that market is going away. It's, yeah, it's run its course. It might come back. Uh, it's not good or bad. It's just that's not well, in right now. Okay, fine. But let's be <clears> honest. Like, when, and I'll just speak to my own experience. Building rustic and out of pallets. It's like it doesn't need to have that perfect joinery because this wood is is warped to begin with. So there's already a fundamental understanding that it's not going to be perfect. And that imperfection is part of the beauty. Whereas I feel like now, since we're moving away from that specifically, then the tolerances are going to be tighter and the expectations are higher, that the joinery is better and that the boards are straighter, that it makes you have to be a better maker, woodworker, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I, I hear you. You're so it it is I'm a little talking. easier when you're not as worried about tolerances, like you said. Right. But there's also right. some really amazing furniture out there. Uh, the rustic is a lot different, I think, than distressed or pallet type furniture. Yeah. The yeah. Rust, rustic is an actual furniture. Yeah. yeah, rustic has is, is been around for a long time. It's going nowhere anytime soon. It's still super hot. Yeah, uh, so I'm using the wrong word, but you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, but that's also why it's a great word, you know, place to start. It's like, you know, what you start getting into it and um, – that's where you start honing your skills. Like, wow, I really like being able to make a table. Maybe I'll try and make a really nice table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, right. I f- you know what? I feel like very fortunate that my coming up was in that time because it was much more forgiving. You know, so I didn't get super discouraged. Imagine like coming up in like 1829 where you had to oh, learn man. how to do dovetail joinery or you were like nothing. Yeah, you and you're like, oh, I can't do this. I'm yeah. out. But like this, anybody could do. It was great. Well, there's there's yeah. still a lot of forgiveness in in the uh, in the maker community for learning and, and earning your no, wings. No, for sure. So, so yeah, I would say I the last. I don't thing, think I would have gotten into it if, uh, if it was like if it wasn't for the fact that it was so accessible and I could actually just nail through the top and you know when I right. kind of started making furniture, I don't think I would have been as into it. You know, I was always into still. The I mean, stuff. let mm. let's make sure people understand. There's still a lot of room out there for distressed rustic. Um, it's just that as a international trend is what I think, Phil, you can see that because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be dying away, but there's still pockets of it. There's still a market for it for um, people out there, you know, college students. You know, I would rather make them some distressed looking pallet furniture that they can buy for me as opposed to going to that place that Tim frequents all the time <laughs> now. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like there's, there's still a market out there, but just I agree with you. I, I like the idea of let's take that pallet wood now and mill it, make, milling, yeah. the, make, ma, you know, making that the, the focus and, and bringing in some really 
nice furniture. It's like, what's that made of? A pallet? Really? I don't yeah, see exactly. a pallet. So that's yeah. that's kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, look look to the future, right? Like, if, right. I'm giving Absolutely. I'm giving you the future. Here's here's a crystal ball. You know, look through it. You know, go there because that's where it's going. All right, then where do we we'll wrap it up? Then where do we go? Each one of us name one place, and I'll let you go first, Phil. Uh, where where would you find a pallet? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm cheating. I find them at work. So at work. Yeah. If you I work just take them any, home. Any place that uh, has stuff delivered to your work, it's probably going to be on a pallet if it's yeah. a large amount of something. So there's one place, Tim. Well, I have a, I have a couple haunts that I know or places where I can get decent pallets. Um, one of them is a place that sells like snow blowers and like jet skis and stuff like that. Um, they tend to have good stuff. Yeah, there's uh, there's a paint store that they don't have a lot of them, but they're always high quality for some reason. Um, you know, there's just like and then even we're driving to my shop. There's a some kind of plastics factory that like once every four months they'll have a stack of twenty of them out there. And if I'm if I'm early enough, I can go grab the ten good ones and ten for junkie or whatever. Oh sweet. Um, but so and then, you know because there are not all pallets are created the same, and there are, I I kind of have these areas where I'm like oh I think on this road I'm going to find one that's oak. You know, and like like, the, <laughs> like the, the the quickcrete ones, like the cement ones, are usually oak. You know, a- so, anything uh, that you find, yeah, or, anything you find that's super heavy is going to have a hardwood pallet. Yeah, so yeah. bags of cement, um, barrels of you know fifty five gallon drums of something, steel billet. Yes, yeah, so, so like the paint store, like all those paint cans are heavy. So that was well, five gallon like, buckets. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then the uh, but then the ones I just had recently, they were from the the roofing shingles that were put on the barn. Uh, my, my workshop and so you'd think that those would be heavy uh, hardwood but they weren't but what they had is they had four runners instead of three mm, that's and a cheaper so way to do it or smaller and so it was right. very thin wood but it was it was there's was more so there's just like yeah there's there's different pallets for different purposes how about you Bill? yeah uh, i would just say these one of the easiest where uh any industrial area of any city that's where all the uh, the plastic shops and the warehouses and, you know, those types of places, uh, car upholstery, fab shop, anything where something is delivered, smaller shops, they usually don't want them. Um, so you can you can find them. And then just drive around. People put them on the curb all the time. If you actually start looking for them, it's like my Kia. I didn't really notice Kia Souls until I bought one. Now they're everywhere, right? So if you start paying attention to pallets, you'll see them on the side of the road quite often. Yeah, that's you know the the big companies like the the box stores of the world they have they keep them in place. they keep yeah. them they reuse them and then the I found like nurseries a lot of times they keep them they they because they're dealing with these big nursery places so you have to yeah you find those smaller businesses where it's just a hassle for them and those mm-hmm. are, those are your gold mines they'll, they'll even call you They're like hey I just got six more you want to come pick them up you know oh we forgot to say something very important um, permission I know you love me yeah. no yeah. permission yes permission. Don't just grab them because you see them. Do your best to get some kind of sign-off on, on taking them if you're taking them from some pr- from private property. If they're painted blue and they got the word CHEP on them, you can't take them. <laughs> Someone's renting them. That it's just really hard to sand all that blue paint off. So that You're going to see, though. It's funny, actually, because my, my weekly YouTube recommendation is this. So, But anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Um, That's it. I think we nailed yeah, it. No, that guys. was it. Just... If it's on Ooh, the curb, I mean, nicely done. We nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Together into a pallet. Yeah, if it's on the curb, it's probably free. But, you know, just if it's if you, if you there's even a, there's a modicum of doubt, then, yeah, give permission. Right. Don't forget, these big companies pay somewhere between 6 and 10 bucks for a pallet. So, 
Well, there's a reason. There's a reason for that. Lows now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's there's a reason why you see these uh, you know little Chevy S10 pickup trucks that are 50 years old with 90 pallets stacked on top of them because there's some value on them. Companies are they want to keep their pallets. They did. It, did you guys pe- ever see the the video? I, I I put it on Facebook a couple years ago. I just did a drive by. There's a pallet recycler in town. Yeah, and I mean you, a, you no. can see it from the highway. It's like literally. 150,000 pallets just stacked yeah. up there 30 feet wow. high. It's uh, And then there's piles of the broken ones. And yeah, there's in, in business. Every once in a while, they'll have a stack of pallets out, which I'm always just like, what? Why do you have three pallets out? It mean, must be another business in the plaza. I'm just like, why don't you just give them to that guy, like your neighbor? Maybe, maybe take amazing. a note. Um, some maybe we can talk about uh, what to do with pallet wood once you take it apart. Another episode, like how to. Different ways of milling it up, how to store it, stack it, you know, blah 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 blah. Or, or maybe even like a design brainstorm, like some, yeah. something different mm-hmm. than the beer totes and different than the coffee tables that you know we're already doing. Let's see if we can come up with a new wave of. Oh, I like this. We call it Paletzi. That might be really tough to do because just about everything you can think of is made out of pallets at this point. But pallet Etsy. Well, I, I, again, maybe it's more it. uh, more milling, you know. Different techniques to, to uh, what? Okay, I got a pile of slats and runners. What what can you actually use this for? In in the vein of making something nice, not pallet looking furniture. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Cool. Just a thought. Yeah, it's good. Thought. Anna White kitchen table with pocket screwed on breadboards. No. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. I don't know how many people you just offended. Uh, that's what this podcast is all about: controversy <laughs> and waste. We're like the Mister Rogers of controversial podcasts, just so you know, Mister White Collar. I don't. Those two statements do not go together, but I love it because it creates talking <laughs> points. Um, all right. So I guess what? Oh yeah. Okay. What are we watching? Great. Tim, what are you watching? Uh, ooh, hang on. <laughs> Bill, what are you watching? Okay. Go uh, ahead, Tim. I, oh. I, I, got, I, had, I had two real quick. I wanted to mention, I mentioned S.A. Maker before on this podcast. Uh, he lives in South Africa. And um, if he, there ha- they have a water crisis there right now. So he started a little series he's doing about how he's going to deal with the water crisis. And it was just super interesting. I mm. heard about it in the news. And then to, to click on his channel and see that like he's you know, dealing with it in real time. Uh, was was very interesting. So I wanted to mention that, but my link is going to be that I had put up the video of uh, where I was inspired by Laura Kampf to make this mini woodworking bench. Someone put a link to this guy, Adrian Prada, who's like, well, this was the original, he said. And I was like, oh, no kidding. So I clicked on it and watched it, and it was a great video. It was like, all done with hand tools. And I noticed that the whole suggested list was like 150 other like mini yeah. woodworking benches. So I'm not so sure that he's the original. I knew I wasn't the original, but I don't know who the original is. Whatever. Like, you can't. It's like a seven year old video from like fine woodworking where they show you how to do this. Oh yeah. 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 So, that's. I mean, that's whatever. But that, so the, I saw all these other videos, but I watched this one and it was really interesting because he did it all with like hand tools. He used a drill, but it was like all and he just he really put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. Like me, who just I've seen slapped it. mine together and it was it was beautiful. So I just wanted to recommend. That. You did not slap yours together. You did like a whole like router milling jig to surface it. That's well, that's no that's, small feat. But then on the underside, I it's like a size eleven at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah eleven and a half. I uh, on the small underside feet. though, I I just screwed some plywood and stuff on just to, so I could screw it down. Like I didn't do anything fancy. But like you know, didn't do mahogany end things. Yes, you know, I just, I've seen that. You know, yeah, I just made it work. You know, 
because that's all you I gotta get to work. I, I didn't even finish. Like I just left it. I was gonna put some wax on. It. I was like, eh. I was like, I don't want it to be too slippery, you know. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. <laughs> no, he's right. Because be, the whole point is to hold wood still. Why would I make it slippery? Why would I put beeswax on it? Like, I want none I of my beeswax. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't even sand it. I want it to be smooth. I just want it to be flat. You know. So I agree with you. Enough, enough about that. <laughs> enough of we. No more discussing it. Bill, what are you watching? You know, I'm watching, and I'm sure we've, we've, we've had him on the podcast. I'm sure all three of us have probably mentioned him before, but Andy Berkey. Um, Never heard of him. <laughs> no, idea. no idea. He's he's another one of those guys who's got a tiny little channel. Uh, he's He's got his Give Me a Minute videos, which I like to think, I mean, the Give Me a Minute, they're shop tips, basically. It's, it's these really cool shop tips. Mm. And 99% of them, I've done some variation of that. I've, I've been around like Andy. I have one-tenth of the skill, but I know enough to get what he's doing, right? But he came up with this this idea for clamping stuff down to the top of his bench <laughs> by cutting long slats, right? Real thin boards that are flexible. So you're putting pressure from the top to hold a piece down on your bench. And he actually takes that slat and he pushes it up to the ceiling, and just it's just enough to where you can bend it, almost like a bow and arrow. Think of a bow, right? So he's got all these slats going from the top of his bench up to the ceiling, holding down things that he's gluing up on top of his bench. It's I'm just like, I have to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also, I mean, he does he does some other stuff. He's playing with his uh, um, uh, with the the shaper. Uh, uh, the origin, yeah. The yeah. origin. Uh, he's done like he did uh, a simple one day little beautiful and I mean beautiful wooden box uh, that he put some Uno cards in for for a very special oh, cool. person to him. So all this to say that Andy Berkey has forgotten more about carpentry yeah. and some skills that all three of us together still will never have enough time in our lives to learn. The man is a plethora of information and he should have a hundred thousand subscribers as well. He's just he, he's a pillar in the community check out andy berkey watch his give me a minute videos we love him i love, love him. that guy love him. no yeah. i do too i do too you're not speaking for yourself there no so anyway that's that's who i'm watching sometimes you forget that the guys that are around all the time it's like oh well let's get his subscriber up though man he's like a, you know not even three thousand yet let's change that i i can only subscribe to him once no you can actually subscribe to him many times you have that very well, to be an odd number yeah yeah. That's been an odd number of times, otherwise it... Yeah. Otherwise it's, it's unlucky. Weird. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm watching uh, someone with a tremendous name. His name is Phil Vandelay. Wow. Have, that can't be real. It's real. And I thought that was hilarious. He's got 15,000 subscribers. Vandelay Industries? Yeah, like Art Vandelay. They must be cousins. <laughs> His name's Phil? Does he have tiny hands? Yeah, they smell like cabbage. Um, anyways, so he's out of Hamburg, Germany, but... He does like reclaim stuff. What's that? I don't, I don't trust him. No, of course not. <laughs> Carnies. Uh, so <laughs> I have to keep going. All right. So he's based out of Hamburg, Germany. He does a lot of uh, reclaim stuff. I just started watching him today because I needed uh, somebody for this segment. But I was super blown away. He did one of these things. It looks like a Chet palette, but I don't know. Anyways, he did a top out of it. But he used an angle grinder. Instead of getting rid of the nails, he just sort of cut them and then use an angle grinder just to make them flush with the table oh yeah i do that yeah yeah with the sander the sanding pads yeah 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 anyways <laughs> and then 
he made. And then, and then you don't do this. Oh yeah, 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 I've done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he made a metal frame for it, but like the most beautiful TIG welding I've ever seen. Like these tiny little stacked dimes. You don't do this, Tim. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I used to do that in a submarine. Yeah, back underwater. Perky and I forgot how to do that ten years yeah, ago. Exactly. That's because of the Alzheimer's. But yeah. uh, <laughs> or the fumes. I don't know. One or the other. One or the other. Anyways, and I, and I'm looking forward to watching the rest of his his collection. There's some really really cool stuff on there. And he's, I'm telling you right now, watch out for this guy because I think he's going to be one of the giants in it. He's just got a great style to him. And not only is he making cool stuff, but he just got a cool visual style. That's I think that's almost more important nowadays. Like when when this sort of thing started, it was about the content, and now it's yeah. almost more about the. The video, I disagree. Not, what you, well, not what you're building as much as the way it's being presented. Yeah. I disagree. You, you For sure. Have, you don't have to agree. That's okay. I disagree. You can well, disagree all you want. That's I disagree fine. to disagree with you, but all right. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think you need both. Yes, I think if you're exactly. stylized nonsense, then no one's going to watch you. But if you're oh, just absolutely. quality content and it's not presentable, no one's watching that either. Yep. So uh, you need to be the whole package. The whole enchilada. The whole, the whole burrito, all of it. Okay. That might be a future um, um, catchphrase for a T-shirt, but I'd like to remind everybody, don't forget about our T-shirts, boys and girls. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's check out some Reclaimed Audio T-shirt action. Keep that going on. Help support us. Yes, yeah, We love you all. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Ironandsoul.com. I just got um, some information from my supplier. They're a bunch of jerks. They're only sending my inventory. They said in February I'm going to get more specifics and pass it on as soon as I have it. Um, WilliamLutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. TimSway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that great stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. On Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio. Hit us up on iTunes. We love getting those reviews from you. They are super important. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. The second best way to help us stay on the air. The best way, of course, is to buy them t-shirts at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. How about Patreon? What about that, though? Patreon.com. Yeah. Well, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio is the best way to get access to the pre show, even at a dollar level, so that you get to see the craziness train keep on a rolling. Or I guess it stopped there first, right? Well, that's, yeah, that's the pre show. So it's the first stop. This is the destination, I guess. How do we get off? Well, we say, we say goodbye, everybody. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good.